Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the First Team. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, former NFL and college QB, founder of the Sims Complete QB, and host of the Sims Complete podcast with his father, Phil Sims. That being, of course, Matt Sims. And joining us, as always, Ryan Roberts, Irish Breakdown recruiting analyst. Today, we're going to be reacting to three massive performances from Week 9 of college football. Two guys in particular that have been very big risers for the 2024 NFL Draft. We're past that halfway point. There's four games left to this regular season. So this is that real crunch time where guys make some seriously big names for themselves. I'm, of course, talking about Bo Nix from Oregon, Devin Neal from Kansas. And then we're going to do a brother pairing for our third uh, spotlight that we're going to be talking about on today's show. That, of course, being Gabriel and Grayson Murphy. Guys, let's start off with Bo Nix. We, we always got to find a way to get a quarterback in the conversation here. And Bo Nix is an interesting one in his just general progression. And I know that, Ryan, you're definitely going to be able to provide us uh, some context for his situation and his path to Oregon where things were not really clicking at Auburn. He was a guy who was really struggling to find that rhythm, was trying to play outside of structure too much and just could not consistently make plays and made a lot of mistakes. Now he's at Oregon and he's arguably one of the best decision makers in college football. He's at that point where he is just decisive, consistent, accurate. He very rarely makes mistakes, which is a total 180 from his time when he was at Auburn. Matt, I want to go to you first. I, I think that we can all agree here. We really see that this guy is going to firmly plant himself in that top five discussion of this quarterback class with the way that he's playing. Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels, to me, might be the two best quarterbacks in college football right now. I think that Bo Nix is playing the best college football out of any quarterback, and that includes Drake May, Caleb Williams, and all the other guys that potentially may be ranked ahead of him. This dude, I think, has it all. He's got the size. He's got the ability. He has more experience than some of the coaches that are coaching him right now in college football, and I just love what he brings to the table, right? The guy, like you said, this year and really the past two years, two offensive coordinators in the past two years, but his experience and growth at the position, right, has really given him the ability to adapt to the new offensive coordinator of Will Stein, who, of course, is kind of adjusting to what was already being done there from a year ago. But his ability to manage the football game, that cliche, but also mm. make dynamic throws from the pocket, extend plays with his legs, and then also be a tremendous thrower of accuracy and power on the run, I think are the reason why Bo Nick's stock is rising in this year's NFL draft and why he would be, to me, maybe one of the safer picks as far as this year's NFL draft. If Kenny Pickett was valued as a first-rounder, I would say Bo Nix is the you know 2.0 version of Kenny Pickett. You know, so that's where I think Bo Nix is just far as his experience, his leadership abilities, everything that he has done. It, it really does just kind of show you the upside to this football player. And you can value him as maybe not being the most talented one out of the group, but mm. he definitely is 
probably the most solid across the board out of anyone and checks the most boxes regularly. Ryan, before you hop in, I, that was actually, you brought up the Kenny Pickett thing. That was the thing that pops up in my head of a similar path where Kenny Pickett was played a very long time. He comes out during yeah. COVID and he finds his way into the NFL with a weaker quarterback class, but he had a, a higher floor. And then the debate was, is the ceiling really worth it? And I think that the ceiling for Bo Nix is higher than Kenny Pickett. I think that Bo Nix does deserve to be in that first round conversation. If we were willing to take Kenny Pickett because of a bad class, we should not hold all the big names against Bo Nix. And he deserves going somewhere in the back end, maybe even middle of the first round. I never thought, if I could think back to my thoughts even <laughs> two years ago, that I would want at one point on a podcast be talking about Bo Nix being an extremely safe NFL draft prospect. But we're here. And that's why football is awesome, though, too. Yes. Because we can never just say that what a person was years ago will hold true forever. So I'm sorry to cut you off, Ryan, but go. No, no, yeah, no. Go. Get on that soapbox, player. Matt, Matt, I was resonating with you when you were talking about it because I, for the first time, had really sat down and been like, yeah, there might not be a safer quarterback in this class. Like, again, there are guys, if Caleb Williams hits his ceiling, if Drake May hits his ceiling, they are potentially better football players, right? But are there more? Is there a more surefire, just solid player in the quarterback class in twenty twenty four potentially than Bo Nix? And I, yeah. I think the answer is no. There isn't. I mean, he has gone. You want to talk about a complete one eighty? He comes to Auburn, five star quarterback status, a lot of expectations. Of course, his dad played at Auburn, so he's a legacy as well at that school. He comes in. He wins. I remember he won freshman. All, he was the ACC, SEC all freshman of the year in, in, in that conference. And I remember he won it over Derek Stingley, which was the big pushback, right? Because you're like, mm -hmm. Derek Stingley was a better player that year than Bo Nix, but Bo Nix played quarterback. So the quarterback was going to get the award. And I remember he quickly became a meme because of that. Because you were like, he's not really that good. Like he's talented, sure. But like he wasn't that guy on the field. Sophomore year happened. And it was a train wreck, you know, on a co with a coaching staff that was trending in the completely wrong direction, not playing great football, turning the football over. I mean, I think he had nearly the same amount of interceptions as touchdowns as a sophomore. Yeah. He comes into his junior year and he actually plays pretty solid football. He wasn't bad as a junior. It was just injuries and some erratic play occasionally. But regardless, after that year, he needed a change of scenery, which some guys do. I mean, I think we forget sometimes that. Baker Mayfield was a transfer. I think we forget sometimes that Troy yeah. Aikman was a transfer. Like sometimes guys just need a new surrounding. And of course he goes out to Oregon with Dan Lanning, but more importantly with Kenny Dillingham as an offense coordinator. And in year one flourishes. And I'll be honest, that first half of the season, I was like, I think this is fool's gold. I think it is. I still had the Georgia mm -hmm. game for his first year at Oregon. Planted in my mind, I'm like, that's Bo Nix. I don't want to hear about these other games. That's the real Bo Nix. But how are quarterbacks judged as far as taking the next step? They just start stacking games, right? Stacking good game after good game after good game. And he ends his first year at Oregon in a great spot. And once again, this offseason, I'm ready to doubt the trajectory because he loses Kenny Dillingham. He goes to Arizona State, and I'm like, hmm, is he going to take a slight step back? Of course, they get Will Stein, who's a very good young offensive coordinator, but my, still the questions in my mind of Kenny Dillingham's gone. Kenny Dillingham's gone. 
And so far this season, he's been nearly flawless. Doesn't turn the football over much. Doesn't make many bad decisions. The talent Mm -hmm. is still there. But the reason that I am way more excited of him as a draft prospect now is because he used to be a higher ceiling, low floor prospect where you're like, man, the good's really good, but the bad is especially bad. And there's not much in between grounds. He has risen his floor as an NFL draft prospect. He has risen his floor as a college football prospect. Now he can go against the Michael Penixes of the world a couple weeks ago where I'm like, he was toe for toe. And I would argue he was better than Michael Penix that day, in my opinion, even though he didn't win that football game. So the rise of Bo Nix, once a meme and a meme for myself as well, he has completely (laughs) turned his story around. And it's a great story, man. It really is a great story. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, Five zero to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I just want to add really quickly because I know we got to go to our next players, but just with Bo Nix, what I love to see about him and why I think I value him more than the other quarterbacks right now is that there are multiple plays, not multiple. It, 50, 60, 70 plays this year where you see him go from one to two to check down in the backfield to number three. And that stuff to me is just you cannot underestimate how simple those plays are, but how important they are to success in the NFL level. And that's something that if you talk to C.J. Stroud right now or Bryce Young, hey, what's the biggest difference between the NFL and college? They'd be like, if you're not on point with your reading getting the football out in rhythm, you're going to get crushed. And, and that's what I see with Bo Nix more so than Drake May and Caleb Williams right now is mm. the willingness and the ability to dissect information, go through progressions, and still make really accurate throws despite resetting to number two and number three in the read. So that's one thing. And then his obviously athleticism on top of that when things aren't there really make those plays even more special, and I respect them even greater because it's through uh, the the natural building of a play. I love, as we all know on this show, giving comps, and I want to just to see what, what Ryan's reaction is. Bro, Ryan, let me, let me get your thoughts on this. How would you feel if I were to compare Bo Nix to Kirk Cousins? And I don't think that that's a negative thing. I don't think that in any means is a negative. That is thing. not because a negative thing. Kirk Cousins right. is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And the exactly. narrative of all that BS is so annoying and old. Well, that's why I think it's per- it's, it's perfect because a lot of people are going to try and paint this during the draft process of being like, you know, Bo Nix is, he's not as exciting as these other players. He's not as exciting as Shadur Sanders if he declares or as Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Michael Penix and Cam Ward, all these names that are going to get thrown out there. But I, I would argue a lot of teams would much rather have the steady guy that is consistent, that's going to make the right decisions, that keeps the offense ahead of schedule. I, do you not like that comp, Ryan? You're giving me a look. I, I, mean, I, I don't know if it stylistically totally works, but I think that the fact he's that he's not as he's not as chic. Let's face it that way. If he was a brand, he's just not that cool of a brand as the other people that you were just mentioning. But as far as the product, and that's exactly. where we really have to go. 
The product is there. It's a solid product. It's a product, too, that's been through more adversity than any of those other people that you have just mentioned. And he has come out the other end of it cleaner than Andy Dufresne. So that's where we have to give him his props for that. Absolutely. I I think for me, Kirk Cousins is a little bit bigger, you know, a little bit taller, a little bit of a different frame. And Bo Nix. Not as athletic. But I think, huh? Not not nearly as athletic. Bo Nix is going to run legitimately four, six something. That's not Kirk Cousins, my man. That's not Kirk Cousins at all. So I, I, I just, I struggle with the comp. I understand where it's coming from. I think you have a good thought process joe i just think the thought, thought okay. process falls off the tracks at the end so i'm i'm really quickly curiously looking up what his kirk cousins combines now. oh yeah he ran a four nine three yeah. all right not well, yeah. he's a <laughs> hockey quarterback we're nothing wrong with that yeah. that's yeah. what he is that's, that's, that's what he is that's that's true i think that my comparison is more so that when we look at these guys when they're both playing from the pocket i kind of see some shades of that but okay you hate the comp all right moving on to our uh i thought, I thought you were gonna throw out, i think you were throwing out a cool one like jake Plummer or something like that like i was explaining something cool to no come, come on the kids no, don't I'm, even know who the hell that is yeah i i, I know who Plummer is but yeah. i'm not gonna put that on bo nix no. i gotta give, give bo nix a little bit jake Plummer someone was who's good jake Plummer was good you have no idea what you're saying he was good he was good he was good <laughs> Is good. Uh, Devin Neal from Kansas had himself an amazing game and has had a really good season so far. But against Oklahoma, 25 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. This year's quarterback class does not have a Bijan Robinson. It has two very good players at the top with Rocket Sanders and uh, with Trey Benson. But I think that in the middle rounds, there's going to be a lot of really good options. And one to me that has just been so consistently undervalued is Devin Neal from Kansas. Uh, guys, I'm obsessed with the fluidity, one, as an athlete, the burst, but the vision is fantastic. The guy is really patient. He reminds me, not physically, but just the way that he plays the game. He's a little bit bigger, I think, than uh, Tajay Spears from last year from Tulane. I fell in love with Tajay Spears because he showed really good vision, and then when he found those gaps, the burst in and out of it, he was able to create just massive, massive gains, and we're yet to see Spears have an impact in the NFL and I think he could have a really big one eventually for the Tennessee Titans. But Devin Eelman has been been so good for this Kansas team. Ryan, I know you were very in on him early. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on on his performance so far? Yeah, I was I was posting some stuff. I even did a I even did a a um a, what what are what are extra segments called? I'm completely losing my train of thought. I a scouting notebook <laughs> that I do on this on oh. this podcast sometimes. I'm sorry, I completely lost my train yes. of thought there. <laughs> I did one where I talked about Devin Neal as a player that I think is one of the better running backs potentially in the 2024 NFL draft because he's only a junior, so it's no guarantee that he'll be in the class. But that that was the preseason before the season even started because, I mean, you mentioned, Joe, he's 5'10", 208 pounds. He's pretty densely put together. He has a good combination of just solid power, pretty good explosiveness. But his vision and understanding how to how to just take advantage of space is special. Like it's really yeah. good when he gets to the second and third level. He really knows how to manipulate second and third level defenders, which is I love that man. Like guys that understand where the cut is coming, where the space is coming open, where the space is not coming open. Like that's a rare thing. That's spatial awareness is something that I really value at the running back position. And he had been a good player before this year for Kansas. So like being the start of the last two years, even though Kansas. Wasn't very good two years ago. Started showing signs of being good last year, but fizzled at the end after Jalen Daniels got hurt. 
But they are really showing a lot of growth, obviously, under that coaching staff and under a really good coaching staff in Kansas right now. And he has taken his game to a bigger level, a rare four-star player that came to Kansas. So he wasn't like an under-recruited two, three-star. Like He was a legitimate four-star recruit that came to Kansas. Quick shout-out to Andy Kultonecki. I believe is how you pronounce it, the offensive coordinator. I -hmm. think that guy is an absolute genius. I really do, man. I think he's really good. I think he understands how to use guys like Devin Neal. The other running back, Hinshaw, is a good football player as well. They had a couple of talented quarterbacks who were really good athletes. He understands how to really create space for Devin Neal, man, and that kid takes advantage of it mm-hmm. every time. Future yeah, most Notre definitely. Dame offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Already recruiting you, too. I love right. it. Um, and, and you're right. I, I think really Devin Neal, he is one of the more exciting young football players in the country. Uh, his style, I mean, I feel like, you know, for me, my two favorite running backs in the country are Bucking Irving and him. And, and it's mm. really just for the style in which they run. What I see with Devin, which I think is very impressive, is his ability to cut and then accelerate really quickly as he's uh, you know, uh, approaching the line of scrimmage. The other aspect that I think is really something we don't see a ton of yet at Kansas, but where the NFL world will value him very highly, is the pass game. I think he's yeah. a very natural pass catcher, and he just doesn't get enough opportunity in this Kansas offense right now. But this is a guy that's going to be a big threat if he can learn protections as far as third down passing assignments, screen game, because I think that his vision to go along with what Ryan said in that passing world will even be a a higher ceiling for his profitability. I get a little like Alvin Kamara vibes when I watch him as far as his versatility offensively. You know, maybe not quite as dynamic as Alvin in some cases because he really was a special player, but – you know, his ability to do multiple jobs and just be an offensive weapon, I think will be to his benefit in his career. So really impressed with Devin. And I actually didn't even know he was that big. So it kind of just shows you why he's running through a lot of those right. arm tackles that you see on film. Joe, I have a quick comp for you. You ready? You're a Giants fan, right? New York Giants <laughs> fan. Little, oh, t- okay. little, little Tiki Barber in Devin Neal. Wow. Oh, I little like Tiki that. Barber, like 5'10", that. That 205, is, yeah. 208. That's a good one. A little more explosive short area than he was. Long speed, but really good vision. And he has kind of that workhorse look, even though he's only about 205 pounds. Like, yeah. Give Better me some pass Tiki catcher than him. But yes, yes. I like that. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go with Orleans Darkwood. I thought that was the, oh, the oh, oh, I like throwing. Orleans Darkwood uh, Tulane, man. You're hating right now. You're hating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't like a like a shade reference. That was uh, who remembers Orleans Darkwood, man. That, I sometimes go pull up some Orleans Darkwood highlights when I need to feel something. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. Uh, my final thought on Devin Neal. He feels like one of those guys that maybe gets not forgot about, but like halfway through the 2024 NFL season, we're going to be like, who's this Devin Neal guy? All the casuals are going to be saying that, like, this guy just ran for 120 yards against so-and-so. He, so he'll this, end up on- this is one of those random guys that, you know, gets drafted by the Dolphins and all of a sudden he rips yes. off a 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving type of game because he kind of just matches what they're trying to do right. offensively. Yeah. And we're going to be just banging our heads like, why did we let him end up on the Dolphins? It's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> yeah, one, right. of those, uh, one of those picks. All right, last up, we've got a fun one. I always like when we can do pairings like this. Uh, Gabriel and Grayson Murphy from UCLA. Now, this entire defensive front has been phenomenal. We've talked about Lietu Latu, who I'm a very big fan of. I think that he is in that discussion as a top 100, top 50 pick from this UCLA defense, barring the injury mm-hmm. evaluation for him. But it's not talked about the rest of this group. 
how good it is. And it's always really fun seeing two brothers just tee off on a weekly basis. They were given an absolutely amazing opportunity to go up against this really weak Colorado offensive line that has been struggling as of late. And they took full advantage going for three sacks. This is combined three sacks, four tackles for loss, and nine total tackles. I know that Ryan's got a backstory, but Matt, I want to I want to kind of just get your perspective because you're the one who suggested these guys, and I thought that this was a really good poll to come up with these guys. What did you get from them from this performance, and, and why were you eager to talk about them today? Well, I just, one, I wish an NFL team could do like a, an all-state like bundle package with them and keep them <laughs> together because I just think that they're, they're an awesome pairing that work together on the field really well. They have obviously similar size being twins. Uh, I, I'm shocked that they weigh 216 pounds already as young men because I feel like their speed of the line of scrimmage is really scary. And, and it really didn't matter if it was Colorado's offensive line. This is something that they've been doing throughout the regular season, too. And they even popped even in, in some other games that I've seen this year. So what I love about them is their versatility to kind of be able to play in a t- stand-up position on the interior and kind of use their speed and athleticism versus you know guards and centers for certain pressure looks. But then I also love just their speed and capability to, to rush and be flexible off the edge. And I think that's really the, the thing we have to highlight here is their flexibility in their speed. That is something that, to me, with their frame, makes them NFL football players and very good NFL football players in this modern age. There's also been a few occasions, too, where DeAnthony Lynn has used them in certain zone packages, zone pressures, where they've dropped in space and they look very natural in it. So one thing that I really you know, hold at a high premium, and you guys have heard me say this multiple times, the ability to be just a multi- purpose football player is always something that's very important. And these are guys that I feel like Mm -hmm. absolutely going to make an impact on special teams and all all three phases can make an impact on your defense, whether it's rushing the passer or in certain zone pressures with being big and long in space and playing in pass passing lanes. And then also just getting after the passer, which to me is the ultimate premium for any NFL roster other than having a great quarterback. Identical twins look exactly the same. Obviously went to the same <laughs> high school. Yeah. Obviously from the same household, but also, and Matt, I think you hit on this a little bit. Both listed at six foot three, both listed at 260 pounds. They are carbon copies of one another. And by the way, to further just, just <laughs> try to confuse us. They are also where one wears number 11, one wears number 12. And if you see them stand uh, side by side, the, I literally have heard a teammate at North Texas say the only reason he knew the difference was when one was wearing which particular Jersey. That was the only way. And actually one time, if they want to be bigger trolls, they would wear one and 11. That would be even funnier. (laughs) Well, Joe, funny enough, apparently at a practice at Northwestern, they wore the opposite Jersey number and saw, tried to figure out how long it would take for someone to notice (laughs) the wrong game. That is awesome. Or, uh, yeah, or I love it. Grayson. So they have been very good. Obviously they come from North Texas, played there for a couple years. They got the opportunity with the transfer portal, the state of that it is now, to transfer up. They come to UCLA. They split time, obviously, a little bit just as a tandem because Latu, 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 as you mentioned, is the star on that defensive line. But the Murphy Twins are nothing to turn your head at, folks. They are both NFL players, in my opinion. They will be on low end of mm-hmm. rosters at worst. And they have been very dynamic elements to a UCLA team that I think has given up like 14 points a game defensively this year or something like that. Like it's a very good defense out in UCLA 
which is still odd to say for a Chip Kelly coach team, but their defense really does it, especially on the defensive line. Yeah, they, they have been absolutely phenomenal. It's kind of like uh, you were talking about, Matt, if there's a way to get the both of them and draft the both of them, there should be a way to do that. Like Markeith and Marcus <laughs> Morris, man, we got to figure out a way to get these guys right. on the same team. And hey, if, if they both start playing poorly, one team, and they're on two separate NFL teams, one team should try to trade for the other and realize, you know, we got to get these guys back together. We're going to have a wrecking ball uh, going on in the middle of our defense. But I love what we've seen from them and that UCLA defense as well, and I wouldn't be shocked if we don't end up talking about another UCLA defender. We did see Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin on the same team on the Seattle Seahawks yes, at one point. We right, did see true. that. Quinn and Williams and Quincy Williams are not twins. They are separated, I think, by two years, but they're on the same team. So we, we've seen brother yeah. play. I don't know if Chris Sims and Matt Sims were ever on a team together, but you know we've seen it, man. We've seen <laughs> nope. it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's too only much so it. many spots for quarterbacks, so one of us had right. to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good note to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon, at Sims Complete QB, at Rise and Draft. To make sure you subscribe wherever you catch your podcasts, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.